Gentlemen, welcome to the Man I Want to Be podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping men figure out who they want to become and what they want to give their life to in pursuing that relentlessly for the rest of their life. My name is Keaton and I am the host of this podcast and I hope you're doing well today. I am finally doing well. We had a week where, man, everyone in my household got sick for about 36 hours. Just, well, sick for 36 hours, but the lingering effects of like tiredness were there for, felt like, let's see, for me, it would have been six days. I I didn't feel rested until today. I was like, (coughs) you just heard me cough. And um, I just got, I mean, I got a little bit of that still going in my throat. And, you know, we don't edit this podcast because you can't edit your life. You can't go back and take out the stuff you wish wasn't there. So we don't edit this podcast to let you know that like, Things just kind of happen, and this is how it goes. It's part of the style. Um, but yeah, everybody in my household got sick, and we are finally recovered, finally feeling rested. And yeah, I think one of the things you've heard me talk about on this podcast is I wake up at 4 a.m. every single morning so that I can have all of that time to myself to work on projects that I want to do. And that's true. And people are like, wow, you're so disciplined. And I'm like, I'm it's one, it's funny that you say that because historically, like through the 31 years of my life, uh, disciplined was not the word that anyone used to describe, would use to describe me. Mom and dad will attest to that, but it was something I wanted to become good at. I wanted to actually discipline my life instead of chasing whims because I chased whims and spontaneous activity most of my life. And so there's still a lot of that in me, uh, the need to chase spontaneous activity and and not stick to the discipline. So it's just, to, I want to bring some clarity. I am not, just because I wake up early does not mean I'm as disciplined as most people think. Uh, I like, I'm getting better, that is for sure. But um, I do wake up at 4 a.m., but I am not, I'm not rigid and I'm not sticking to that every single day of my life. So like there is a time when I wake up, most of the time I do, I wake up at four because I have things that I want to do that I don't want to have to do while my family is awake because I want to be with my family. There are other times in my life and now is one of those times when what I need more than to get up and do stuff is to sleep. It's to sleep. So I slept until, well, Chelsea went to work, so I slept till five today, but on Wednesday, I slept until seven. I slept three extra hours. And you're like, what? Yeah, you, it is good to wake up early and to get that extra time and to be a man of action. It is good. It's also good to realize that you are not a machine. I'm not a machine. I get tired. There are nights, there are times in your life where you only need five to six hours of sleep or you only get five or six hours of sleep, and that's just what life is. You have a baby, you get like three hours of sleep a night, and that's just what life is. And then there's other times where it's, you know, seasonally, if you go back uh, to like a farm or harvesting, you think seasonally in the summer and during harvest, you farmers worked all day long, but they didn't do that same thing in the winter or in the spring, it was a different rhythm. There are rhythms to life, and right now, I'm like, uh, I think I'm gonna start sleeping in for the next couple weeks until like 6 a.m. Because because I have 
I mean, for over a year, I've been waking up at four. And it's okay for me to sleep until 6 a.m. And the re- the reason I'm talking about that on this podcast is because I've had so many people be like, wow, you're so disciplined, you wake up at four, like, wow, wow, wow. And I'm like, yeah, but for a, for a purpose. I'm not sticking to that just to stick to that. I'm still a human being. I still need sleep and I still need rest. And so do you. There's nothing noble about waking up at 4 a.m. If you're waking up at 4 a.m. to wake up for 4 a.m.'s sake. If you're, if you're like exhausted... Go to sleep. Take a nap. It, like you can't do that kind of life forever. You can do it seasonally. So it's good to understand what season you are in. Are you in a grind season? Are you in a plowing season? Are you where it's like I gotta go, 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 grind? Or are you in a time when it's time to step away and rest a while? You know, we that's one of the things uh, in the Gospels. Um, and we're not covering the gospels today. I wanted to do something else and I wanted to switch gears just a little bit, uh, in the gospels, Jesus sends out his disciples to do what he does. He sends them out. He's like, all right, I'm giving you authority. Go out and do what I do. I'm sending you two by two, make the most of it. You're going to walk to these towns. You're going to preach. You're going to heal. You're going to pray. You're not taking anything with you. Make the most of it. So you imagine they're about to walk 30, 40 miles with nothing. They have no food, no money bags, no staff. They have one set of clothes. It's part of their training to assume they have nothing. And they go to these towns. They don't know anybody. They got to find people that they know, see if they can convince these people to let them stay in their home, preach, tell them about the gospel of the kingdom of God, that the Messiah has come. And, you know, that which is at that time a much anticipated. Uh, person that they're looking for, and they're like, no, that might not be him, or it could be him. So some people would have kicked them out of their house, or some people would have welcomed them. They had no idea if they were going to be having a bed to stay, or if they were going to be outside. They had no idea. And they come back, and they tell Jesus about their successes, and Jesus says, oh, that's good. Now come away with me for a while and rest. You know, because there is a time Even Jesus, we've talked about Jesus' schedule and how he invested his time and he made the most of his time. There is a time to do that and there is a time that it's where you step back and you're like, it's time to rest for a little bit. That's when he takes his disciples, he takes them across the lake and he's trying to get them away from the people, but the people just seem to find them and it's like, well, man, the assignment called again. That's when he feeds the 4,000 and then he puts his disciples back somewhere else to go rest. Um, he does that. He does what he can to make sure that they get the rest that they need because they've just worked really, really, really hard. And there's a time when you work really, 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 really hard. And then there's a time when you just relax. You are not a machine. My gosh, you're not a machine. Uh, maybe our, maybe the way we currently view work has taught us that we must be a systemized well-run, well-oiled machine, but we're not really that way. We are human beings. We do things in seasons, seasons of intensity and seasons of elongated rest. We should follow the rhythms and natural cycles of the earth probably. Um, A whole different podcast, whole different thought for another time, but I just I wanted to say that because um, (laughs) don't wake up at 4 a.m. just to wake up at 4 a.m. If you want to and you're going to make good use of that time, do it, but also know that like, I'm only doing that for a season. I will go back to it after I have rested for a while, after I've gotten some nights where I've had 
nine hours of sleep because that sounds amazing right now. Also trying to train for a triathlon uh, that we're going to be doing in this summer, me and some friends, and uh, I'm going to need all <laughs> all the rest and prayers that I can get because uh, if you've looked at me, I'm not, I don't have the build of much of a runner, biker, and definitely not a swimmer. Uh, short, thick legs that sink like anchors, you know. Um, today, so I had written uh, my script for today. I wrote it in a paper journal. So occasionally I I write out everything in a paper journal. I prefer writing with my hand. It takes a lot longer, but I like the process of writing with my hand. I like the freehand stuff. And then a lot of times I will take that and I will type it into uh, like a Word document so I can like look at the little notes and bullet points. But I didn't do that today. I'm just going to read from what I wrote from from the the notebook uh, that I have, this big old moleskin notebook. It's the only notebook worth having. Um, and this is, I have one special notebook that I use to write all of uh, my content for the Man I Want to Be podcast. And because uh, freehand is amazing. Moleskin's the way to go. And uh, so today I want to talk about being a man of valor. Um I want to be a man of valor. Uh, that's in my vision statement. You know, my vision statement, my biblical vision statement for my life uh, comes from uh, from uh, 1 Samuel 16. It's the first description you get of David when he's, uh, f- well, it's the second description. You get the first description you get of David is when he's a little boy. And then it's the first description of like of David when he's like a teenager, when he's needed for a job. And it says that he is skillful in playing. He's a man of valor, man of war, a man of good presence, prudent in speech, and the Lord is with him. And there's one more in there that I forgot. But that's where the vision for the man I want to be comes from. Like if I think about, hey, what kind of man do I want to be? That's the verse that I am going to cite. That verse. That's the beginning. That is the um, that is the middle source of, or the, the single source of what, of my vision for my life. I want to be a man of good presence, a man of war, a man of valor, uh, a man of prudent in speech. I uh, still have some growing there to do, of course. Um, I want to be a man of good presence, absolutely. Um, then I have some other ones that I've listed. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. I want to be a leader. Um, I want to be the type of war man of war I want to be. I want to be a truth warrior. I want to be a man of action. I want to be a good father. I want to be a man of God. I want to be a builder. And um, I'm just looking at my list. Yeah, that's what like what I want to be. Like those are the men. And so what I want to do, I think what we might do probably for the next couple Fridays is go over the man I want to be verse by verse, word by word. And today I chose I want to be a man of valor. Because I've always admired strong and daring men, like men of courage who can... Sorry, there's like a hair in my microphone that I had to get out. It was like tickling my nose. We don't edit this podcast because you can't edit your life. I have always admired strong and daring men, men of courage who could stand to their ground and defend what had been entrusted to them, who could speak up without fear against those who would speak evil and those who lie. And I have always, for as long as I can remember, admired them and wanted to be like them. Imitating, uh, excuse me, imitating uh those who were mighty in my eyes was always ease for easy for me. I didn't, and I still don't care too much for superheroes. Uh, I don't want to imitate superheroes. I want to imitate real men. But there was, 
I was told, I'm saying that as a preference because I was told and I kind of remember that when I was very, very young, I wanted to imitate the Power Rangers, which meant I went around <laughs> and I kicked everybody I saw. And I think my punishment, if I remember right, was I had to kick a tree until I had no more kicks left in me, I believe was my punishment. But I wanted to be a Power Ranger because um, I, I was just like, ooh, I like these guys. I want to imitate them. I want to be as mighty and as skillful and as brave as a Power Ranger and whatever Power Rangers do and the villains they fight, and especially the Silver Power Ranger. I think he was my favorite. Um, but I used to imitate them, and I was always very, very good at imitating. But the first man of valor, the first mighty man of valor that I imitated was the infamous... The famous, infamous, it's funny that infamous and famous mean the same thing. Uh, infamous, Benny the Jet Rodriguez, the mightiest baseball player there ever was, unafraid to confront the beast and able to outrun a fully grown dog for miles and miles and miles around a town on a hot summer day. Good at baseball and fast. It was like all I ever wanted. I remember looking for PF flyers so that I could run as fast as Benny the Jet Rodriguez for fourth in my fourth grade uh, Halloween party. I was Benny the Jet Rodriguez. I had my LA Dodgers hat. I had the the whole the cuffed jeans and um, the open shirt and everything like the jersey. I had it. I wanted to be Benny the Jet Rodriguez. I wanted to run as fast as him. And I recall, I remember telling all of my friends, I can outrun outrun our dog. Like anybody who would listen to me, I was like, I could outrun our dog. Now, if you were to ask me. Uh, 10 year old me like what that meant I'd be like I have no idea what that actually means outrun my dog uh, do I mean like in a distance race do I mean in a sprint do uh, like I would just say I can outrun my dog even though I had never tested it and I couldn't test it because the dog we had was a 15 year old mutt that weighed about 19 pounds and had a bum leg from getting hit by a car so, <laughs> so we called him Zeus to make to like boost his confidence, but it didn't actually mean anything for me to say I could outrun my dog. But I just wanted to be like Benny the Jet Rodriguez because for ten year old me, man, he was he was good at baseball. And he was he was unafraid of the beast. You know, if you don't know Benny the Jet Rodriguez, he is the one of the main characters in a in the one of the greatest movies of all time the sandlot and he was the first person that i was drawn to imitate that i can remember because he was good he was the best at what i wanted to be good at which was baseball and he was brave and courageous and i wanted to be brave and courageous like him and like i said i've always wanted to be i've always been drawn to what i perceived as strong and daring brave and courageous men even if it's from a kids movie about baseball and a giant dog who steals their baseballs but uh, prior to surrendering my life to Jesus, so that was young, high school and college, there was a little bit, there wasn't much in high school, but in college there was a little bit different because prior to surrendering my life to Jesus and deciding to actually follow him, um, and there is a, so I was baptized and I was saved when I was 13 for sure. Um, and I, I've never not believed, but I had not surrendered and no, and I was actually, as I was thinking about this, I was like, no wonder I was so frustrated in high school and college because I was transferred from a different kingdom and it was like, you can't live for yourself anymore without also being frustrated. You probably can't live for yourself anyway without being frustrated, but um, I, w I was just like, ah, man, just sur so I surrendered my life 10 years after I got saved. Uh, so just do the hard work. Just surrender your life now. <laughs> um, 
But prior to my life with God, I was attracted to, and I wanted to imitate strong and daring men like I did when I was a kid, brave and courageous and powerful, but I wanted men who got theirs. Not men who looked out for other people, but I wanted I wanted um, men who were little kings of their own kingdom, men who commanded fear, not respect, men who commanded fear. I wanted to be like them, commanded the fear of their inferiors, men who would lord their presence and their power over people and everyone, like literally everyone. And if you disregarded that power or their authority, well, look out. They'll cut you off. We'll see you one day later. And you will see one day what the mistake that you made. That was like a dark time in my life. But what I lo- what I thought I saw in men of power who got theirs was they were brave and courageous, strong and daring for themselves. So I still thought I was looking at what what the sa- what the the characteristics I wanted, but they got what I thought I wanted, which was money, power, fame, power, especially my gosh. And it's amazing and it's awe-inspiring to me how Jesus can redeem qualities used for evil and turn them into good. Like strong, daring, powerful, used for selfish gain turns men into bullies and tyrants and world wreckers. But used for good, now that's that's an entirely different story. The strong and daring men who use their, their power for good, use their valor for good, who, that's a completely different story. They, they become selfless. So choose wisely who you imitate. And for the last eight years of my life, I've been drawn to men of valor, especially men of great courage who speak up when necessary, like especially in times of trouble, men who speak words of courage to fearful hearts, moving their soul to action as if awakened from a dormant sleep, men who could not let the fear of silence, not let fear silence their tongue. I'm drawn to men who will stand their ground and defend what's been entrusted to them as if everything rested at their feet or everything rested and was protected by their feet remaining planted. Men who are like, I am not letting you through here. Men who like, they stood their ground. I'm drawn to men who do what must be done, especially when only they can do it. They can't delegate their responsibility. They can't send it to someone else. Men who do what only they can do in that moment. I am like drawn to them. I think of like Shackleton who led his expedition and his men home alone or as if he alone was responsible for their lives. And he was. Only Shackleton could lead those men. If you haven't read the story, read the story. Only Shackleton could lead his men to safety, to home when they're trapped on the ice. I think of a guy named Whitaker Chambers who exposed the communist underground in the United States at the cost of his life. He was a communist and he he became a Christian actually. That's how he got out of communism. He realized that communism was just the just a an alternative form promise to what Christianity is. He wrote a whole book about it. But by exposing the underground communist party in the United States at that time, he he set himself he should have been killed. But at the cost of his life, he was like I'm going to do I'm going to do what's right. Or Bonhoeffer who died in a Nazi prison camp because he felt the right thing to do was to speak against Hitler and to possibly even um, assassinate him. And he got caught. And But I could go on and on and on. And I wanted to be a man of valor like these men. But with valor, opportunities become a man of valor. You don't go looking for a chance to be a man of valor. They, those times find us and they find us every single day. 
Like, you don't have to go look. And men of valor use their voice and their physical stamina to lead armies, but they use that same voice and that same stamina at home as well. You can't lead your home or love your woman or raise your kids, that especially, if you do not have valor. It takes great courage to confess. Like, I know it has taken like great courage for me to confess to my wife, but it's also taken great courage to lead my wife to trust me. I've got stories about that that are not for me to share, but I had to lead my wife to trust me when she didn't want to, when it was scary for her to trust me. It took a lot of courage to do. I couldn't force her to do it. I just had to stand my ground and trust her and protect her. And these seeming little, seemingly little acts of valor, they're not written in history books, but they are passed down to generations. And they prepare you for your day and for a moment that requires great valor when it comes looking for you. It's these little moments that prepare you for moments of great valor. And you know, it takes moral righteousness to be a man of valor. You know, this gives you the backbone to be a man of valor. If you're not, if you're not morally righteous, it's impossible to be a man of valor. You'll be something else, but you won't be a man of valor. No, it's it's the source of valor, moral righteousness. And moral righteousness is not just mere knowledge of good and evil. Many have knowledge of that, and it's amazing how they disagree. But moral righteousness is a commitment to what is good, to what is right, and to what is true. All three of those combined, good, right, and true. I'm, you might even add beautiful, a commitment to what is good, right, and true, backed by action, backed by action. That's a key thing, backed by action. You may know it is good to speak life and to use your words to build, but are you capable of it? You know it's right to lay down your life for your spouse, for your wife, but can you do it? And you can start by proving, you can start to prove it to her by laying down some of your selfish desires for her, replacing some of what you want to do to spend time with her. I'm speaking to myself right now. The one thing that you and I need to know about valor is that it is rarely celebrated or recognized in the moment. Sometimes it's even despised. To be a man of valor, you must forego any need for applause, any need for recognition, because it's not coming. It's not coming. We only celebrate and recognize those who speak of valor, but not those who actually carry it out. We just don't. You call people brave for not doing anything and they all get together and celebrate and they talk about how great they are, but there is something about being a man of valor and standing up for what is good, right, and true that makes you an enemy to everybody else. It's not going to be celebrated at home because it's your that's your job, that's your duty. Your wife will be thankful, but it's your kids won't be because they, they're not thankful for anything um, until they're adults, I've been told. And I can testify that I was not thankful for anything until when I was an adult. I just was a selfish little teenager who didn't know anything. But I am very, very thankful that my parents were people of valor who stood their ground. Mom, my gosh, especially. Stood their ground for what was good, right, and true. Even though I was so selfish and so angry about it. There's there. You're not going to be, if you want to be a man of valor for the sole purpose of being celebrated, it's not going to happen. I think of like, think of like Jordan Peterson right now. 
I love Jordan Peterson. And he's got, I looked it up, he's got 6 million followers on Instagram, which sounds like that's a lot of followers on Instagram. And his videos on YouTube have millions and millions of views. And he is beloved by many, many people, but he is hated by even more. Like the entire country of Canada hates Jordan Peterson. You could say a majority of the United States hates Jordan Peterson because he is actively confronting what is evil. That's like what he's doing. And he is he is committed to good and to building good into individuals, especially young men. He's committed to building good through what he has. He has his voice and he is a valent, he's a man of valor. I remember seeing a YouTube comment. Actually, Dylan told me about this YouTube comment. Now that I remember it, uh, where Jordan Peterson did a conversation with Jocko Willink and it said, what this is a, the comment was like, a great conversation between the strongest t- uh, smart guy or the toughest smart guy um, and the smartest tough guy. Uh, so smartest tough guy would have been uh, uh, Jocko, but the, the smartest, or uh, I don't remember how it's going. But anyway, you see that like Jordan Peterson, he is this, he's a man of valor. He is strong and tough and he's bold and courageous and he's hated for it by more more and more people than he is celebrated. And you hear him talk about it. He talks about how hard his life is and how brutal his life is and how he didn't really ask for any of this, but he is too committed to the good that he has now been elevated to a platform that we all recognize and he's hated for it. But it didn't start there. It started a long, long time ago when he was committed to doing good for his students in a classroom when no one knew his name and putting it up on YouTube before anyone even knew his name. He, he, be, he became famous on accident. He became famous on accident by a viral video of him debating college students about why, about language. Like, you can't force me to use those pronouns. That's how Jordan Peterson became famous. And now he's become a gift to those who admire him, but he's become a thorn in the flesh for the millions and millions and millions of people who hate him. That's a man of valor. And a lot of people, they want to be like Jordan Peterson because they see the videos, they see the the likes, they see the, uh, the views, the millions, it's like, oh, he's famous. They don't see the comments. They don't see the stuff at home where he's just beat down. They don't, you don't see any of that. Um, there's not as much, it's only glory when you look upon it, but there's, I've doubt, I know that Jordan Peterson doesn't feel any glory because like when you want to be a man of valor, what you are, you're committing yourself to good, right, and true. And anything that's not, that is against good, right, and true is coming after you. So if you want to be a man of valor, you have to forego any recognition, probably your reputation. You're going to have to forego celebration you're going to have to forego a lot if you want to be a man of valor. But being a man of valor is what I want to be. There's this great story in Judges, Gideon. And he's he's actually, he's not an actual man of valor, and God calls him to be one. And he shows up and he says, mighty man of valor. And Gideon is like hiding in a well so that the Midianites, this other country, doesn't know that he's there because they've just been enslaving Israel and oppressing Israel. And he's hiding, and he's not actually acting like a mighty man of valor, and God calls him, and he says, you're a mighty man. I'm going to use you to fight the Midianites. And he has the famous battle of the 300. Um, He gets 300 warriors instead of 30,000 to conquer the 10,000 Midianites and with the jars and 
Um, it's a great, great story. But there's two things from that story that I wanted to pull out. Uh, first thing, I said that valor is moral righteousness, but also valor is knowing that God is with you. You know, when God calls Gideon and he's he's with him, he's fighting with him, and uh, or they're talking, not fighting with him. He's they're kind of arguing and bickering because Gideon is like, "There's no way I'm my I'm the weakest of my tribe and the weakest tribe in Israel. Like, there's no way." And God's response is classic. It's just, "Yeah, but I'm with you." Yeah, but I'm with you. It's like, okay, all those things that you just mentioned, those are true, but I'm with you. Valor comes not from your own strength, but knowing that God is with you. But also, in the story, before um, Gideon confronts the Midianites, Gideon must confront his own household because he has household gods that the Midianites worship in his house, in his father's house, and he must com- he must confront his own house before he's able to confront the armies. He has to get rid of the the household gods before he can confront the armies. Because So what we can learn from here is before you go, have a moment of valor externally that you could receive some glory for, but you probably will just receive more battles. You gotta confront your own house. You need to be a man of valor in your own home, with your wife, with your kids, with your roommates if you're single, with whoever, you gotta be a man of valor where you are right now. Confront your own home, confront yourself. What do you need to tell yourself right now to make you a better man? Have you been a little easier on yourself uh, letting some sin or some bad habits into your life and you're just kind of like you've brushed them off? Don't do that. Be a man of valor for yourself. Be a man of valor in your own house before you try to fight battles outside. I hope this was beneficial to you guys. A little bit different reading from a hand. Uh, handheld notebook, but you know what, or a handwritten notebook, but I kind of like it because um, I just enjoy the process. I hope this was beneficial to you. I believe that you can all be men of valor. I believe it. I believe that you can be a man of valor and that you have what it takes to be courageous, bold, and daring. Thank you for listening to this version of the Man I Want to Be podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, I ask that you leave us a five-star review. Uh, if you did not enjoy listening to this podcast, just pretend you didn't hear about it, and that helps us out as well. Uh, Until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.